Hey, yo, welcome back to the High Kicks podcast. We got a special guest on uh, this week's episode. Kyle from Inside the 90 is his podcast. From 90 Apparel is his brand. Joins the show. Um, I was on Kyle's show, what was that now, two weeks ago? Talking about some some iconic jerseys. It was a hell of a time. Uh, we're hoping we're going to have a great time. Carl, is there something that you would like to say that you have not done yet? What are you, what are you? I have a stupid ass clock and it just went off. So that is the only reason why Fucking, I did just your speak. mic doesn't do pick the, that up. I thought it does. No. Oh, I'm an idiot. But yeah, finger guns as always. And I wanted to do sort of a fucking like the Spider-Man finger guns towards Kyle because my name's Carl. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, Kyle, for reference, um, Carl does finger guns before every single episode. And it's been like that I've been on that I've been on two and a half years and he's never forgotten. He's, and Brian always tries to call me out for it. And I'm sitting here like, bro, like even if you can't physically see it, I'm still doing it. Sorry. Why? But why yeah, we, we digress. We digress. Yeah. So um, just a little background before I throw this off to Kyle to give his kind of own introduction. Um I think it worked out, Kyle. You reached out to me on Instagram, right? And we just kind of got a dialogue going and started talking back and forth. And we had like a get to know you call that I'm pretty sure we were both were assuming was going to be about an hour. And we were talking for close to three. Um, yeah, Kyle. Kyle's a really chill dude. Um, got a really great show. Got a really cool brand. And I'm just going to throw this over to Kyle so he can tell you about himself a hell of a lot better than i just did hey what's up everyone uh appreciate you for having me my name's kyle i'm the host and creator of inside the 90 podcast uh we've had brian on the show before had a blast we talked about classic and iconic jerseys whether it's you know what <laughs> we coors light was on a liverpool jersey back in the day you know there's a i know some of the guys found uh the uh, Colorado Caribou jersey that has the phrase. That is the, the way, it is still the it. worst kit uh, I, I have ever seen day. in my entire life. I want it just well, to wh- which, say I have it. So those, and then we had say, like, which ones, which of your yeah. friends was it that had the exact opposite taste in jerseys that I did? Kenny? Oh, Kenan. Yeah. Uh, Kenan? Yeah, he, yeah, uh, Kenny. yeah. yeah. Uh, Bro, I've never yeah, seen that it, fucking jersey. I just pulled it. Was a great up. time. What the fuck? <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Bro, what? that is awesome. I need some so, light. Yeah, so we we have it on our show. Um go out and listen. It's a great episode and we'll probably do another one here. Um you know, we talked about the classic uh, I think yep. AC Milan jersey was on there. Uh you know, the the Arsenal, the classic the uh, Arsenal jersey. I believe it was the O2 okay. jersey that's on there. Yeah, the O2 is which is a beautiful jersey, very very clean. Uh, I think it was the the dark red, almost maroon mm-hmm. jersey that was on there with the gold border. Gorgeous jersey. Um, I'm not saying that as an Arsenal fan too, but also I'm all, I'm also the owner, CEO, big chief, whatever of <laughs> of 90 brand. Um, it's a soccer apparel brand that I started, um, and pretty much it's about you know soccer lifestyle and culture and stuff like that and the podcast is on the website as well 
So uh, check it out. It's 90apparel.shop. Um, and uh, yeah, love yeah, to talk to you. It. Let's do this. So wait, got... but before we keep on going, literally the Colorado Car- or Caribou like jersey, I just imagine with assless chaps. Like that's the only way I would be able to wear that. So like, but let's so get like, into it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So like, okay, okay. The the Jew in me, <laughs> because I am Jewish, kind of pictured like a built-in talus with the. <laughs> I'm sorry if that's messed up, but like when I saw it, that's that's the first thing I thought. Like with the tassels and the yeah, yeah. But we we got some. Right. We, we got a couple prem topics. One kind of outside prem topic that could slide us kind of into some prem, and then I stole an idea from Kyle that he wanted to do with me, so we're doing it on my show instead of his. So let's let's jump right into it. So first off, starting. Um, you guys think Erling Holland is human, or do you think the Terminator movie is real and he got sent back in time to play football? I don't want to call him the Terminator because he shows more emotion than uh, Arnold than the Terminator would have. But, but we are in the making of the next Messi Ronaldo narrative to the realest degree possible with Mbappe and Holland. And I'm just ecstatic to see this kind of situation because Holland, especially the way that he's been playing, um, you've really been able to see more use of him. We've talked about earlier in the season how he isn't being used to his fullest potential. And we're starting to see more and more of that as the season has progressed. So just seeing what Holland truly is as a footballer rather than just a goal scorer is amazing to watch and the development that he has gone through of course we got to see it partially on Dortmund because that was his first larger club but when this move to City he was doing everything even before he had like full reign and he's starting to get that full reign and oh my god like I just don't yeah you guys can say something too I think, um, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, so here's my thing with Holland is that I, it, it's kind of interesting. Manchester City for the last couple of seasons, historically, it's maybe say maybe five seasons have played with a false nine mm-hmm. versus yes. a true striker, um, right? So it's interesting seeing how Holland, who is an out and out striker, how he fills that role, and we see he started off with a bang. I think it was. Was it 21, 22 goals yeah. outright? Something like that. In his first like three hat tricks um, yeah. back to back, I think. Right. So, and we saw a huge drop off. Was it the mm-hmm. right after the World Cup ish, give or take one or two games, where he kind of stopped? And granted, that's kind of the point to, you know, Kevin De Bruyne hasn't had the best year either, yes. right? Some of these games, he's not even starting. So you got a, got a guy that who's a legendary sister. Um, and some people make the argument of who's the actual best attacking midfielder in the league. I just need, I just need to point out that you say Kevin speak. De Bruyne is having a down year where he's still leading the Premier League in assists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I was going to go out being, I mean, besides not my bias of being an Arsenal fan, I would say Odegaard is probably my number one personally as a player because I think him and, 
you know, and Holland, you know, something with some rumor going around that he might be injured during the international break that Holland, I think would do better. Maybe better with Odegaard just because of, you know, how they play together, I think. And I think that if, if, if Holland had maybe, uh, Maybe he had a little bit more time to adjust towards a true, yes. true striker position versus the false nine of what Manchester City plays. I think he would be just. I also. It wouldn't be fair. Like I don't like, know it if be it's fair. Odegaard or if it's. I think he would better suit that Arsenal system to a degree. I think the Arsenal system, like, so at City, and this is just kind of a throwback to what we've been talking about off and on for the last couple of weeks. When Jamie Carragher said that they're only getting like 60% of him in what yes. he's doing now. I think another system that is more counterattacking, more end-to-end, not just like possession, pass it around and serve the ball would suit him better. Um, I do think the connection with Odegaard from national team and everything would help, but I kind of just think a more fast-paced, aggressive system suits him better and see the only reason we're talking about this while he's on 28 goals and he i mean right he's on track to break the record he's breaking the record like let's let's just put it as it is we're talking about the most prolific goal scoring season we've ever seen in the premier league and we're saying how could it be better that's how good in his debut season by the way yeah and so um, I disagree in terms of the Arsenal point just because of, like, the development of Saka and Martinelli. Like, um, I think put, it would really put Holland Put and, Holland up front instead of Jesus. Yeah, obviously. But, like, bro, that's going to, like, that's taking I don't a think lot away from Saka. I don't think so. I think it'll allow Saka could, Saka could cut inside a little bit more because Holland's also capable of playing on the outside. And he doesn't okay. at City. So I'm more talking That's about true. seeing the Dortmund Holland where he played more along that front line than just as your center man. Yeah, because I, I understand what you're saying, because Sancho and um, whoever they ended up having at the other wing at any point in time, um, they played more of a forward role rather than playing a traditional winger role. So it was yes. really interchangeable in terms of that. And you were able to put a lot of pressure on. I just think in terms of development of like, overall skill and such the way that Sokka is able to be able to take on people the same way and not always look for a pass and do situations like that of course Holland is a better distraction but I think it just sort of is a different sort of sphere because Holland still needs the ball to be the best Holland and we've started to see that more and more with the city side but what I really want to talk about is the counter-attacking presence that you were talking about because that's where i can really see him like thriving beyond any stretch of the imagination um he works best in that style where he's able to get back and forth i really like the odegaard uh like comparison for his style of play specifically for that because odegaard is also a similar player like that he's able to get back and forth up on the pitch when you see Bruno, when you see KDB, these are players who tend to stay forward within their side, and that is their role. Of course, KDB was better at it when he was younger, but as age has caught up with him, sorry, yes, KDB has gotten older. 
but he's still one of those amazing presences on the pitch. So it the counters attacking style fits Holland's game plan more of the Arsenal system. I just think like it would have probably adversely affected other players on the pitch indirectly. I still disagree. Sancho looked better with Holland than he has been without Holland. I think he would further the development of the wingers at Arsenal. I don't think he would stump them at all. Interesting. Yeah. But but Arsenal fan, what are your thoughts on that? So <laughs> um, we'll get into the Arsenal stuff, but I think it, it's interesting with Holland because he, I kind of, I'm kind of curious on Pep being such a genius at the game. I'm kind of curious if he would experiment with dropping Holland into. I would the like that. Line. It would be so. I think it'd be what so would that, deadly. What would look? I think what would that so look like? Right, but that's what I'm saying, though. You're having an out-and-out striker drop into a false nine, which he doesn't, you know, granted, if, if, if fans don't know the difference between an out-and-out striker versus a yes. false nine, please look it up because there's, they're vastly different. That's a different. lot to explain. Um, right, you're, well, your false nine typically plays more into the midfield versus out-and-out strikers that play against the back line. Perfect example three, to describe three. this, Lewandowski so, versus Benzema. Like, if we're just talking about player comparison. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm kind of curious on see, right, if if Pep would ever experiment with dropping Holland into a false nine. But th- th- you kind of would think, well, like, okay, well, what would you what would you do with KDB? Would you drop him farther up or would you put him as a one and one with Holland up front? So I'm I'm kind of curious on how he would do it. It's not like they're yes. hurting for goals. No, but they are hurting. Um, I think from others. they're hurting for goals. I think they're hurting yeah, for goals from other people, right? And this is where we'll get yeah, into the Arsenal's Arsenal goal totals are very spread out. But City have scored about the same amount of goals this season as they did last season. But Holland has twenty eight of them instead of it being more spread out. But I, yes. I think, I think this is a really good time to slide over to the Arsenal discussion and focus a little bit more on them because I threw this topic in here because I just really want to know Kyle's opinion on it. Um, do we think Arsenal's going to hold on? Do we think they're going to hold on to the title? Do we think they're going to get that that Premier League trophy? So first Premier League team, first first Premier League trophy, and I think it's nineteen yeah. years. I think so. Uh, I think that's what it was. Um, obviously they won the, they got the most FA Cups and some other crap, but. You know, and a lot of people were getting mad because oh yeah, we want we want the double, right? You want. You know, you want the double. All right, cool. Right, right. We got to think about it. You know, City didn't play uh-huh. this weekend, yeah. this past weekend, right? Which gave Arsenal the mental advantage of being eight points ahead going into yeah. a, the last international break, right? Right? City have a game in hand, of course, but it's the mentality of having exactly. eight points gap, right? That's what? Three games? Yeah. Two and a half games? You know? Um, so my thing is, is that we just, we just talked about it. I think Arsenal's midseason uh, transfer was freaking yep. brilliant, right? They brought in Jorginho, which is an out-and-out winner, right? There's no doubts about that. Trossard, who is I such personally a believe we talked about this last right? week, and I still I think Mudrick might have been a smoke like a smokescreen because 
like honestly with the way Tristan's yeah. playing and he fits into their their system so well and they put in their interest for Mudrick. They said they wanted him. They knew another high bidder was going to come, and then they swooped in and got a guy that probably Sorry. fits their system better anyway. Interesting. Oh, without a doubt. You think they would have? You think they? You think they did that just to throw shade at Chelsea? <laughs> so that's interesting. But I think that Trossard has been in since mm-hmm. the World Cup break, right? And he yeah. has. Is it assists, nine? Is it right? nine? He had now? a double the other week. Uh, oh, live okay. table says eight. So, and only people above him are his, you know, his counterpart, Bakayo Saka and KDB, yep. right? So, I think that where Arsenal shines is that they have shared yes, yes. goals, right? Versus City, who have one. If you can pocket Holland, sport, you can beat City. Right? But to beat Arsenal, you have to pocket their entire front line. I was, I was just about to say, if you, yep. And I think that City players. Are a little bit more, yes, selfish. Hundred I think, like Mares, I used to love watching Mares play. Now I can't stand watching him play. Right, Grealish. I absolutely loved Grealish, and like we already talked, and this was kind of in the pre-show where we talked about having like Grealish wasn't even on the English team until he made his transfer to City. Right. So a lot of people don't know that. So I'm I'm about to get political here in the soccer world, right? But, but. And, and that's the thing is that Grealish is such a fun player to watch, but man, is he annoying when he falls on the ground all the time. Yeah. It's so, just play, dude. And I think that's where Arsenal is better because they just watching him play is just so fun. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. It's, and it's stunning. Odegaard, I absolutely watching love Watching them play and watching them score like at will against Palace it, and, on Sunday was... My, my favorite goal by them, by far, is the Liverpool... Uh, two minute goal against uh, Trent Alexander Arnold. Yep. Oh, Arsenal yeah. picked him apart yep. within, yep. Uh, I think it was a minute and a half. It was absolutely stunning. Is that actually your favorite goal or are you just saying goal. that to fuck with me? I absolutely love it. <laughs> no, it's actually, it's actually just one of my favorite goals because uh, it was off mm-hmm. of a, yeah. a keeper clearance, I think, and Arsenal got it on the transition and just ran it down the center and Odegaard put a through ball. Alexander Arnold had did, yes. couldn't see his feet. He was so lost in the sauce. And Martinelli beat him on the corner, you know, far post. Beautiful, beautiful. finish. And it, it was a good game, you know. And and Liverpool to their to their um you know credit, they did put up a fight. Um, and I think that I I think if Arsenal is going to have a problem, which it is a problem now, but it hasn't really shown, is going to be depth. Right, and they kind of help. They kind of held that a little bit with, yes. you know, Rob Holding coming into the center back position, who's been a great team player. Um, you know, Gabrielle and um, yeah, Saliba uh, coming Saliba back are probably the two best center back pairings in the entire. Probably, probably the best two center back pairings in Agreed. the EPL at the moment. Um, you know, I think I think Ramsdale is a fantastic keeper. He his distribution. His distribution from the back is ridiculous. He had a oh my a, god! Are you talking about the one to Saka, the one up was, the left side that like yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It was a cross. Yeah. It was a cross that hit switch. Saka in stride. Oh, the, the ball, ball probably oh. traveled like seventy yards in the air. It was. I had the. I almost paused it because yeah. I was like, I was like flabbergasted. <laughs> like as a keeper so, watching something like that, you're just like, 
the the only player who used to do that was fucking Neuer. If he, and like nowadays, like I, I've loved Ramsdale's style of play and like his development specifically this season, because like I personally think if he would have been put into more situations specifically in like the World Cup, we may have seen it slightly sooner. Like he would have peaked crazy. Yeah, you know what? And I, I, I yeah, and you know what? I'm a. I'm a yeah. Jordan Pickford fan, but no, Everton has go. not helped him he's whatsoever. Go. He should have left a long time ago. He should have left a long time ago because it. I think he's just getting on the English team just because he's Jordan Pickford and he's been their number one for Hopefully a handful stupid of tourneys. amount of time at this point. So, uh, Ramsdale, yeah, Ramsdale should be number one in my opinion. Um, I, I think that and the 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 rotation is going to be good, and I think. And I was kind of alluding to this before. It'll be a it's a blessing in disguise that they're yep. not playing in Europe this yep. year and they fell out of the European yeah. trophies um, because now they only focus on weekends. Versus That's what I was Thursday saying about and Liverpool Sunday. and their fight for top four. I think being out of the Champions League is better. And when Arsenal lost, it sucks. You're not in Europe, but you got knocked out of the Europa League. It's not the Champions League, and you now can put everything you have into winning this Premier League title. And if you don't have the depth that a team like City has, you're not playing as many games. And also the main issue with this Arsenal side has been a lot of injuries. It has not been always a lack of depth. Because when you look at center backs, uh, they have a lot of center backs. Um, When you look at goalkeepers, they do have a backup keeper who's mid- uh, they do have a lot of midfielders. They have availability on the wing. They have these things, but actually being able to have them consistently has been a major issue for this side throughout the season just because of injury and other detriment to the team. Yeah, and you know, they had a good rotation too. Like, I think they to get a good rotation like this past weekend, they moved Thomas Partey into, into yeah. a right back slot. You know, and he's and he's a defensive mid, right? He's and, a fucking dog, by the you know, way. And, yeah. and he's he's <laughs> he's fucking. He, he 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 did a he did a double Cruyff like two weekends ago, a double Cruyff on two players, and I was like, you you would never see that from a defensive midfielder, like, and uh, it was just uh, he, he he's a, he's a great player to watch too, and I think that because the Arsenal were smart in the window and they went after yeah. Jorginho. And to kind of give Partey, uh, kind mm-hmm. of same, same with Jaka, like, um, and Jaka has been you know, totally reborn. Yeah, Jaka, yeah, he has Jaka gone has from been amazing. He's gone reborn, from being 100%. booed off of the pitch by supporters. Yeah. I watched that game when he when he got booed and he clapped to yeah. the fans and threw off and the captain. Now back. I watched that. They game. love him, and yeah. his his passion and his or i guess his negative aggression has turned into positive passion and he the whole team rallies behind his emotion and it's incredible yes and i think that's i think that's something that arsenal has literally brought so much like zincheko zincheko who's the ukrainian captain uh hell of a side who's the who's their you know their outside back I think he's on yeah. what the left. Yeah, left side? he plays left side. He's a left back. He can play either, um, by the way. Yeah, he he could and he then, could play anywhere. I think along either. Yeah, side. so like, I think he could be a fullback, midfielder, winger, I, on either side. 
Well, he plays he plays yeah, defensive yep. mid for Ukraine. And I think how Arsenal use him and bring him into, shall we say, a false yeah. defensive midfielder is would you it, call that, that a is false tactical six? genius because then you throw your midfielders forward and you pretty much bring your squares and your triangles into I would say the more of a false three. And then you just run yeah. three back on the line. Yeah, yes, essentially. And then so they just rotate then. And then Kieran Tierney, when he comes on the field, yes. fills that role as well. So, you know, Arteta is, is genius. You're starting to see how much yeah. Pep, you know, molded him. And I, I think as long as Arsenal, you know, they, got, they got a few games that, you know, they got to face, you know, they got to go to, you know, you know, we got Liverpool. Are you really scared you know, about gotta, that, though? You know, they gotta face the Bash. Are you really scared at, about Liverpool? You never know fucking what Liverpool ha- like shows up. I, like, shut up. I dealt with it. I love triggering you, Carl. Fuck you. Keep him moving. <laughs> Sorry, Kyle. <laughs> so I think I think I'd be I'm more on the lines of of I'd be more wary of Liverpool than yes, I would be Chelsea. Hundred um, percent. I'd be more wary Liverpool's of Brentford than I would be Chelsea. And four games. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean, a lot of the stuff that I've been seeing, a lot of the stuff that I've been seeing says that, you know, be, you know, West Ham, right? Everyone knows that relegation teams, yeah, some days they don't put up fights, and there's other days yeah. when they're fighting for their life, and they put up, like, when like wrestling the biggest fish. So, you know. Bro, you lost yeah. a Bournemouth. Shut yeah. up. <laughs> I'm they, just, I'm just saying, that's you know, an example of I, the same I, thing. I know. I, so, I just like roasting you. Fuck you. Well, well, they're, they're claiming, they're they're claiming the Everton game as being the uh, you know the new manager, uh, you know recoil. I, I think, I think Brighton yeah, would be I a really good game. Oh, without a um, doubt, it'd be kind of be interesting to see how Arsenal. I think Arsenal with Chelsea, another another never. By the way, and this is a stat. I'm a I'm not I'm not a big stat guy, but I think there's nine London derbies. This season for Arsenal? No, they, I think there's eight. ten oh, maybe, so and they've won. They've already won nine. So maybe there's ten. They played nine, and they've won eight. I think they've I think won nine. Thing. So I don't know the stats, so I'm sitting here confused. So I mean, I mean, they. So, Crystal I mean, Palace. Crystal Palace is a derby. Um, I mean, they won that game. So. Hold up. But no, that that's the main thing. This Arsenal side, like Spurs. I feel like what ends up happening at the end of the season is West a Ham. lot based on availability. Because if if they have available lineups, they're sorry, they're top of the prem without a doubt in my mind. Uh and they deserve to be there. But then when we see some of these games, it depends if there's a knock or something in a certain specific position for them. If they have these knocks, they're very good at filling those roles in. But you don't want to have to fill roles in when you're playing a Chelsea, when you're playing a Liverpool, when you're playing a Brighton. So it's really going to be a tale of how health plays into form. I think I think too, uh, something that there that people should kind of keep in mind um, is that uh, so City. Had to play Liverpool on the first. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Um, Arsenal just, are nine for ten on London derbies with a draw to Brentford. Yeah, yeah. They, so undefeated. So that's crazy, right? So yeah, we play Brentford again, right? 
Yeah. Uh, I think so. So, yeah, like I was saying, so City had to play Liverpool, not to mention that there are, they're still in the Champions League and they're still in the FA Cup. So a lot of people say, oh, it's Arsenal's to lose. You know, like what? Like, I think the fact that Arsenal are eight points clear right now and City are still in Champions League and still in the FA Cup and we're in the international break, I, I, you, you have, you have yeah. to think. No, you're Arsenal. in a very Let's good position. I agree. I view as the it's Arsenal's to lose as a City's not going to take this title from Arsenal. Arsenal's going to, if Arsenal doesn't win it, it will be them losing the title. And I don't think it will be City taking it, if that makes sense. So if, here's another conversation for you is that if you're Arsenal, right? And of course, you don't want your competitors to yeah. do better than you, right? If you're Arsenal, you want yes. City yes. to play more games. Mm-hmm. You know, tactically speaking, you want you want them to maybe win the FA Cup or win the Champions League. You no. want them to get to the final and lose right? both. But do you want them to maybe get to the finals? Yeah, because you get to the finals, yeah. you, you got to play. Well, they got to play Sheffield for the FA Cup, and they got to play Bayern twice. Yeah. By the way, throwing this back so, to our talk about pocketing Holland, I think Delight might be able to. Or delict with Upa Meccano and yeah. all the other like mm, they right. have Cancelo, they have. We'll we'll talk about yeah. that when it's actually yeah. more close. That was but, just a bit of an interjection, but I I agree, Kyle. I I, yes. I think I think this is Arsenal's title. I think, we, and, and it's not. And like we're saying, like with with Holland, pretty much playing as a true striker, out not striker. The way that Arsenal's defense has been this year. With Saliba and Gabrielle, they'll they'll put him they'll yeah. put Holland in his pocket. Holland, I'm not taking anything away from Holland, but Holland didn't do much when Arsenal yeah. and City played in the first time that you know earlier in the season, right? Saliba um, has been on one as so, well. So if we're talking about like best center backs within the Premier League and within the world right now, he should be in the conversation. Which is crazy to think that Arsenal loaned him out last season and they got him back, but it's just like. This man has been different this season, and I could totally see them doing that to Holland. I have one question because I I, I feel like we, we've said our piece about Arsenal at this point, but I saw people asking fans outside of the stadium, would you rather win the title this year or have to lose Saka? Well, first of all... Um... Arsenal's business, to answer your question, Arsenal's business, transfer business, has been yes. great. Uh, their loanees have been doing yes. solid, right? Um, loanees have been doing great. Uh, <laughs> don't remember his name, but what's his name? He plays for. He plays in the French league. He scored twelve for fifteen in his goals. Um, they're the the young oh, kid striker. Oh yeah, Jesus Christ! I'm um, having such a brain yeah. fart. Carl, look for, it up. Try and pronounce it. Yeah, he plays. Not, yeah, sure. Yeah, Kyle. Kyle. Oh, Balogun. Oh, you said yeah, for reference. Thank God. Um, Carl can't pronounce names. Carl, say Victor Osman. <laughs> Usman Dembele. All right, let's keep it going. Literally, Kyle. Every single time he says Usman instead <laughs> so, of Osman. I, so funny. <laughs> so I, I think the only the only player arguably that has done better than Saliba. Is Lewis Dunk, yes, right, and for Brighton, right, and Lewis Dunk is a fan. Is 
especially last we can argue probably two, three, two years. Lewis Dunk has been great. And that was another huge argument that Lewis Dunk yeah. isn't in the English team. Yeah. Like what? You know, and that that was that was that was crazy. So I think like uh what are, are you taking the title this year or are you taking <laughs> soccer this year? Up. Or soccer leaving? Like to win the title or soccer long term? So soccer right now the lot the 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 what I saw last time I looked at it, Sokka's worth over currently yeah. worth over hundred million. He's worth one ton. Um and he just signed his new contract. One ten. It, okay, it's a very go. hypothetical so, though, because they um, were like, All right, would you win this year or yeah, would no, you I, give him away like to win? With the fact that we can recall uh Balligan and the fact that Trossard stepped in, we have a good rotation, Gab uh, you know, uh you know, yeah. Martinelli's playing great. Odegaard's playing great. You have a good, solid rotation. And, you know, Gabriel Azus is coming back. Smith Rowe is health again. Wow. You are the only person of the interview that actually said that. Everyone else so said I, that they would rather have Sokka long term. What's the point? What's the point of losing Sokka if you're not going to win well, the it, Prem? You would be able to keep like, the Prem, I, like, keep Sokka and lose the Prem and then see if you could run it back next year and get Champions League. Or you so I'm I'm gonna but then I'm, yeah. get I'm gonna and I have I'm a trophy list and I have a trophy into season. into whatever of this is a stupid ass question. This yes. is a question that should have been asked maybe a year and a half ago. Of would yes. you rather lose Saka or let this run out and see where Arteta gets the team? Because the phrasing of the question that you just asked Carl is fucking idiotic. Because there's well, no there's no chance Saka leaves at this point. He's on yeah, that, a, that's why a it's young, one of those stupid a, a young rising team that does yes. excellent business where he's like the centerpiece. Um, he is the centerpiece. I yes, I, I, 20, I know he's twenty one. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But I, I want to slide this conversation into a nung. Well, I said nunger instead of another. Um, into another young player across Europe um, that has a lot of drama surrounding him right now, and that is Barcelona's starlet Gavi. So for anybody at home who doesn't know, Gavi signed a new contract with Barcelona um, off of his academy player deal into a full professional player contract. La Liga denied this deal and said that it, could not go through based on Barcelona's wage structure. Barcelona yep. appealed, and today, um, the Spanish court or whatever it was, um, basically sided with the league and said that the the deal can't go through. He can't be registered as an official first team player. He's still on his academy deal. He has to lose his number six shirt and go back to his other shirt. Um, and there's serious doubt over Gavi's future in Barcelona now. Yes. Because if they can't register him as a full-time player, um, he can leave as a free agent this summer. And he's getting picked up by anyone in the world. Let's not get it fucking twisted. The, yeah. This kid's like one of those. Like, yeah, no shit. He is yeah. going into the Prem, into Real Madrid, into PSG. Oh, he's not. He's not he's going, going. He wouldn't go to Real Madrid. He absolutely wouldn't go to Real Madrid. Obviously, but what I'm saying is he's going to a top side within Europe. Like, without a doubt in my mind, he is I'd going to get picked up. 
Oh yeah. Look at Man U. No shit, I would fucking take Gavi. Look at Arsenal. They would take fucking Gavi. Like Kyle, would you take Gavi? So I'm not gonna lie. I'm not a La Liga fan. I absolutely loathe Barcelona. Right. So and for the and during the World Cup, I was like, who the hell is this kid? Anyways, and. Barcelona calls him the $200 million problem. That's what they call him. Yeah. That's what the headline is. Right? So, so he's not the $200 million. It's, it's their million. wage structure, I think, is part of the $200 million problem. Yeah. It's not. So, so, okay, so let me ask you this then. So La Liga has been on the ass yes. of Barcelona yes. probably the last few years since Barcelona technically is the most valuable club yes. in the world, yet they're <laughs> bankrupt. I don't know how that works, but, you know, whatever. So, 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 you know, but you would think with all of Barcelona's problems, right? When the constant purchasing of players, right? They couldn't even register half their players like yep. the day before yep. the season started this year, right? Right. The whole thing with, you know, Aubameyang coming back when he left Arsenal, the whole thing with Lewandowski yep, yep. and a handful of other players, right? You know, you would think that him being worth 200 million that would solve a lot of their problems yet if they sign him who who was it there was someone that i think it was under barcelona because they're known for ridiculous things like this they signed him to a so, 1 billion so dollar release clause. you say so Kyle uh, you, say you don't watch la liga are you familiar with Correct. with the la liga um, contract bylaws so in La Liga, every single player needs to have a release clause in their contract. It's, it is a league rule. Yeah. So Barcelona inserts these, and Real Madrid inserts these billion euro release clauses. So no club can just come in and pay the release clause and take their player. So like, it's not, when you look at those billion euro release right. clauses in um, La Liga, it's basically the workaround. It's the loophole of you don't want to put a release clause in the contract, but the league rules say you have to. Yeah. So just so you val- of- value them way but, too high but, so that no one would be able to even dream of thinking to fucking get them. Sure. Well, that's why you see a lot of players go to Spain. You don't see a lot of the players necessarily leave unless they're on the, yes. on yep. the backside of their contract. Right. Historically speaking. Yes. Right. Um, and I, I don't understand La Liga's big beef with Barcelona in the first place. You don't really don't see it with Real Madrid too much. You don't see it with Atletico and some of these other teams. Right. But La Liga and Barca no. don't get along. Um, and I, I think I think the whole thing with um, uh, the, the Super League kind of yeah. added fuel to the fire as well. Um, and rightfully so, uh, Barcelona and yep. some of these. I think Juventus was one of the other teams. Barcelona, Juve, the Real, the Premier um, League Big Six, and and yeah, the whole the whole new evolution of the Champions League that they've been talking about. You know, I actually, I actually, Super League, right? I actually it's all from like, Barcelona to I get more money. Like the so, yeah, I know we talked about that Super League format. So, the the nobody automatic entry the promotion relegation i like that better than the new champions league format but what's the problem with gavi though 
why won't why is it that he has to sign a pro contract versus an amateur or a sorry a I don't know uh, what, academy what deal. deal. So the issue the amateur deal the issue is he's it's 18. Academy deal. So, so he's 18. What's the what's the problem? Um, so his contract yeah. is running out. Um they can't really sign him. I mean he's not going to sign I don't think a deal that's going to pay him dog shit. I think at this point he he wants a contract that pays him to some degree of the value of the player and Barcelona can't with their current wage bill and wage structure they're unable to register him mm-hmm. so but his his right, contract is he's is he so he can't play he can't so he play. can play as an academy player no First he can team. but the issue is that not academy. Yeah, no, you can, you can call up an academy player to the first team. The yeah. issue at hand here isn't that he can't currently play for Barcelona. It's that he signed a contract extension until 2026, and that contract has been blocked. And if he's not registered as a first team player by June 30th with a new contract, he's a free agent. Yep, so that, that. that is okay. the big deal because very, hmm. very rarely do you see a... 18 17 18 year old who's this good with the ability specifically to leave. out of like the the barca academies or the real madrid academies and like academies like this like there it's very often that you're able to see a talent like this actually leave that home club so like the main thing is is that if they're able to figure out wages in some way shape or form yeah they're able to keep them but that's the main issue. If he goes to free agency, you have no clue what the fuck is going to happen because everyone in the world is bidding on this guy. Like yeah. everyone in the world is hitting up this man, no matter the case, and just offering some sort of money. Newcastle is going to offer him like a hundred million, mm-hmm. like minimum. Like it. I didn't even think about. Yeah. yeah like, so yeah, that's so just to clarify. About. It's just. It's weird. The issue, the issue at hand isn't him being signed to the new contract or him being an academy player and not being able to play for Barca. The issue is that if he's not signed to a new contract, he's a free agent. And if Barcelona can't sign him, we have literally last year's golden boy without a club, which is unheard of. And we aren't saying he won't get signed because we obviously just said that like previously. It's just the fact that Barca will have to let him go. Yes. Which is dumbfounding. Like mm-hmm. for for Barcelona who had Iniesta, who had Javi, like honestly. I mean the, Ga- the Gavi Pedri pairing has been talked about as the next Iniesta Javi pairing. Exactly. I'd get rid of fucking Rafinha in order to make some fucking room. Like, yeah. I, I, but like I would Kyle, for, for reference, out. like if you don't watch this kid, watch this kid. He's yeah. excellent. I was hesitant on him too at first until I really got to see him with the Spanish side, especially when mm-hmm. Pedri like was out um, with little knocks here and there. This kid's different. Mm hmm. Yeah, so I have oh man, I got so much crap for this. <laughs> I I it, 
I don't understand the argument with yeah. this is a whole nother conversation, but our Barcelona, I don't understand the whole mm-hmm. Barcelona thing, right? The most valuable club in the world, yet they're yet they're broke yeah. as hell, right? They're they're essentially poor. Um, yet they're the most valuable club in the world. Uh, they they were sponsored for the longest time by a by a, uh, a nonprofit. I don't know how that works. So, granted, this is more into the sports politics of things, right? They have all these players, yet they can't sign half of them to to first team deals, right? The whole thing with Rafinha, everyone knew in the summer that Rafinha was either going to go to Arsenal Barca. or mm-hmm. Barca, right? There was onesie twosies in there too, right? But everyone knew that he wanted to go to Barca. Barca couldn't even sign him to a first team deal up until a couple of days before the uh, the league started or the the yeah. the ending or whatever, right? They had had the same stuff with you know yeah. Lewandowski and Barca's number we two about who came in on the same. Like, in, can you imagine? According to statistics, think, think about this. Think about this. You have you have you have Pedri, right? You have Gabby. He have Lewandowski. He had Aubameyang. He had Rafinha. Right? How are you running into so many problems? It, it just it just baffles me. Who and this is why I don't understand about the Spanish league is that I know all the leagues yeah. are are managed different, which is weird. Yet all the leagues compete against each other. So. Why does the Spanish league, why does La Liga give Barcelona so much crap, right? You know, we know in one. Germany there's the, what was it, the 50, the 51, yeah, the 50 plus yeah. one rule, right? Right? So you don't see I that in other did. leagues. You know, we saw the whole thing with, you know, with Serie A coming yeah. down on Juventus, right? We just saw, we just heard about the, all the crap that yeah. City might be under, right? Mm-hmm. They might even yeah. get relegated, right? So, What's the whole deal with Barcelona and La Liga? I think there's more to that conversation, and I know a lot of it. Comes I think down it's also because whole, during COVID, you know, I think La Liga changed their salary structure, and they changed some um, league rules in terms of player wages. So that screwed Barca hard because back to when you said Barca are known for giving players crazy release clauses, and I explained the whole La Liga thing. Barca are also known for giving players. Re- ridiculously high wages yes. and when you have players on ridiculous yeah their front management is yes, absolutely yes. um when you when you give players ridiculously high wages and then you go through a pandemic and your club loses a fuck ton of money um yeah. you hit problems Be- was it frankie yeah, de young yeah. right frankie de young had a terrible contract yeah, as yeah. well his whole thing but this this gavi thing um i mean not to compare it to losing Messi for the same reasons, but it's the opposite end of the spectrum. Your your financial issues cause you to lose the best player in the history of your club, and now yeah. your financial issues are causing you to lose an up-and-coming, incredible midfielder that you also developed. And yeah. it's something that hits the older players, the younger players, and it's fucking screwing Barca up. It's bad. 
It's the craziest thing because, like, we primarily first started hearing about this stuff with, like, the messy issue a few years ago. Like, because before that, it was more hush-hush in regards to, like, everything in terms of the financial fair play in terms of Barcelona. But then we ended up seeing um, a lot in terms of Messi, like, skipping out on taxes and stuff on, like, his own personal account. And then um, it really started delving deeper into the issues that lied within Barcelona as a squad as a whole. So I completely yep. understand what you were trying to bring up, Kyle, in terms of like how the hell Barcelona is even in this position in the first place. If they are still quoted to be that like valuable at the end of the day, because genuinely they've had this issue for fucking almost a decade now. It, and, and this is what I don't understand about Barcelona. And this this might be a whole other show, you know, on my side or We're on together. your side too. Is that the fa- this this just blows my mind with the whole thing with Messi, right? Messi's Two. been yes. away for this what, is the what, second year years now. Two, okay, okay. So Messi, right? He was on a big contract, yeah. and rightfully so, right? You know, we all know who he was, but at that time, he never won a World Cup. And before was it Copa America? He's never won a, an international. Trophy, and he hadn't right? won a Champions so, League since 2015. You know, Still hasn't won a Champions League since like 2015. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. So he was right. So, so here's the thing though: is that Messi, who is Messi, and there's not going to take anything away from soccer Jesus, right? But he, <laughs> he. At that time, he wasn't—he wasn't doing much. But they so had hold up, a hold up, hold up! I just gotta cut you off here. It's, he wasn't he, doing much in terms of the international, international. and I guess, team accolades, because winning trophies is a team, whatever. Yeah. But okay. Messi, as an individual player, was doing more than any other player out there. So I just need yeah. to clarify that. No, Just no, you already yeah. said Messi is Jesus. Yeah, fair, so, fair like, That's fair. It's That's a- fair. <laughs> That's fair. Okay. <laughs> so, but my, my, my point is, is that, you know, is that they put him on a, a I forgot the exact number, but Messi came out publicly and said he would take his contract yeah. and cut it in half. And that still didn't solve yes. Barcelona's problem. So Kyle, are you are you are you aware? That's, are you that's aware how big of a problem. How, um, horrible and stupid um, Bartomeu was. Everything that Barcelona is going through right now can basically be pointed back to Bartomeu and his financial decisions and the way he ran the club. Because Joan Laporta, who's in charge now, when he was in charge the first time, they had no issues. Really, yeah. they didn't have very many issues. And then Bartomeu comes along and. Fuck the club. club. (laughs) He took the money and ran. Yep. Yeah. So the Gavi situation is very difficult to touch upon because of these issues. And as a fan, right? Because if it had if it happened to Arsenal or other clubs that that I like, you know. I'm not. I I hate the whole Barcelona Real Madrid conversation, but I feel for Barcelona fans because of what previous regimes mm-hmm. have done. Right, we've seen it. Yeah. We've seen it with Manchester United. We've seen it with Arsenal. Uh, there's a handful of other clubs. 
right? That have had, you know, terrible regimes, you know, or ownership issues. So I feel for them. Do I really feel bad for them? No, because what they're, how how far are they up right now in La Liga? 10 points? 12? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Move on. Yeah. So I think, I think that's a perfect, uh, because Kyle just said it. Um, We're going to go through our, uh, our two of our most unforgettable moments in our fandom, um, in our history of, of this amazing sport. Um, Kyle, would you like to go first? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Here, yo, no, let, let's so, do one, one, one. So uh, yeah, yeah, we're gonna do. We're gonna Kyle go starts. Kyle. Brian goes one. Then I'll do one, and then I'll do. We'll do it snake trap. Okay. So I'll do two, and then Kyle will finish this off. Okay, I like it. All right, so I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go a little bit off the cusp here. I'm gonna go with uh, the one and only. Uh, Rene Higuajita's uh, scorpion save, the Colombian. Let's fucking uh, go! That's fucking fire! I love that. That's awesome. Save, That's awesome, right? You know, uh, <laughs> you know. I believe it was a. Yeah, he was known for like you know his flair. Right, so I'm, I'm not sure gonna lie. The once. first time I saw um, that clip, I straight up thought it was like a clip taking out of Shaolin soccer. Yeah, I thought it was fake at first. That's that's how crazy of a moment that was like i thought that was a moment out of the movie shaolin soccer and i to know that that's I real think, and i mean i'm not finding out that that's real now obviously like i've known for a while but that shit's crazy shout out to choa is and it's yeah, i think it's even more interesting too that he had the he had the testicular fortitude to get to do yeah. it against england um so, Did you just describe uh, having massive just, balls as testicular you know, fortitude? That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so, so, so I think he, you know, I, you know, I, I you say what you want about the player, but it's, it's like one of those, like, what were you thinking? Oh, okay. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I would do that too. Yep. You know, and this like, you know, and I, it's just, because you you see it and you're just like what the hell and you kind of want to know about the whole thing about like what his manager said to him about the you know you guys remember the whole um oh the Mario uh, uh, Balotelli when he tried to do the uh, yeah um, the back yeah. heel goal and he like within ten minutes and the coach took him off the field for LA it was a yeah. Galaxy I think. Yeah, I mean, if you if you miss <laughs> if you miss that scorpion kick save, I feel like you never play again. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's the whole it's the whole uh, what's his name? It's the whole uh, Andres Escobar, yeah. right? When he had the own goal and he got he got murked after there. Yeah, he got killed. Um, it's the whole thing. You, you gotta you gotta imagine the the manager is like Rene, Rene, come here, come here. What are you? You doing? you also have to imagine <laughs> the the manager going. That shit was crazy. That was insane. Don't ever fucking do it again. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's like the it's like the it's like the Maverick and Goose kind of like it's a Maverick moment, but on the Goose's side, it's like, hey man, we gotta stop doing that <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a hundred percent. That's mine. It's the uh, Colombian's legendary keeper, uh, Renee. I'm pretty sure I'm saying this right. Higuajita. 
Um, okay. The Scorpion okay. save. So I'm going to, I have one positive one and one negative one. Um, and I'm going to start with the negative one. Mm. Okay. Um, 2014. The slip. Uh, <laughs> I knew exactly where you were going. Oh. I, I just, I mean, in terms of unforgettable, iconic moments, um, Steven Gerrard slipping against Chelsea is, it's, I mean, it's a career-defining moment for him. It's a kind of like era-defining moment for Liverpool. And it is a moment where a player who could have been considered or still is kind of in the conversation as one of the best Premier League midfielders of all time, the knock on him is he never won the Premier League. If he doesn't slip right there, he probably has a Premier League title. Um it changes everything for him. It changes everything for Liverpool. Us winning. Um, oh, I have a different flag up next to me. Us winning uh, the year that we won becomes a little less of a big deal because we would have had that year. But I don't know. I just I that is something that in terms of all of the craziness, all of the whatever, like I, I put that up there with. Billy Buckner letting the ball go through his legs in the World Series. It's one of those moments where it's like, how did that happen? What happened? Like, it, it, this was supposed to be fun. And I don't know why I did this to myself, but like, yeah, that's I'll, just, I'll that, take the reins so that you stop hating yourself real quick. <laughs> Okay, okay. But it's iconic and it's unforgettable for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, exactly. Um, I wanted to just mm-hmm. give a quick shout. Mm-hmm. Balotelli was the one who scored like the goal where he stopped it on the line and then did the little headbutt, right? Yeah. That, yep, you made yep. me think of Balotelli and I, that just stuck in my head. Honorable but, mention, Chicharito scoring off his face. That's that unforgettable moment. Ooh, ooh. Not actually one of them, but just honorable mention because that shit was funny as fuck. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, Peter Crouch when he did that bicycle, that was hilarious because the dude's six five. <laughs> okay, Carl, but go go through your moments. All right, all right. So, so my two actual moments, uh, because we were mentioning La Liga, actually both are from Real Madrid, and it it's a bit bizarre to actually have two moments from the same side. But one of my favorite players ever, and then one of the most iconic moments within football ever. I'll start off with the iconic moment. Um, That Roberto Carlos free kick. That was for Brazil. You're talking about the banana ball? Yeah, but what what I'm talking about is like he was a Real Madrid player at the time. Okay. And he did play for Brazil in that World Cup. But the most no ridiculous can... shot I've ever taken, I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, that curve on that shot, like it, people curve, are like bending like Beckham, and like just look at that free kick, and you'll realize that there's different realms to this. That it, the, it didn't make sense. That kind of power, that kind of movement outside of the foot. That that is just a thing of beauty. So I could watch that, that goal over and over. So that that's a phenomenal pick. Yeah. So that that was one of my reasons. That's. Um. 
Yeah. Are you watching it, Kyle? Is... No, I, I mean, I know, I know the, I know. Yeah, I, know I just what he's talking about, and the fact that we can talk about these moments, and that we all so far know what each yeah. of these moments are, I think it just solidifies to our pre-show conversation of what iconic yeah, moments mean. Rather, right? I know my iconic moments different from yours. However, we all exactly. know what these mm-hmm. each meanings, you know, um, are right, and that, that goal is stupid. stupid. That goal it was, was stupid. Stupid. It's the best shot I've stupid. ever seen, and it's the best shot I think that's I'll the, ever will the, see. That's the appropriate. That's the appropriate headline. Roberto, Roberto Carlos, iconic goal. Stupid, stupid. with like, like multiple just, O's. What? <laughs> All right. Yeah. So I stupid. was so originally I was going to say the Roberto Carlos, no matter what. Uh, I'll go for my second one, and we'll do it. Snake. Yeah. Are you doing your so, second? So um. So my, my second, okay. I was going to say Holland scoring five because it was the third time ever done, but I'm taking a step back and picking my favorite player, like pretty much of the decade, the bike, Gareth Bale, the bike. No, when he ran oh. around oh. Jordi Alba yep. and made it look like Jordi yep. Alba <laughs> didn't have legs when he was considered the fastest player on that side of the field and then bale was like please hold my beer so for those of you who don't know gareth bale made the most obscene run i'm pretty sure it was his debut year at real madrid he did the nastiest bridge you'll ever see yes without a doubt the nastiest and um to this day gareth this is the this is the 40 yard through ball to himself yes 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 (laughs) yeah i mean uh there's there's no other way to describe it. He literally makes Jordi Alba, who like in terms of FIFA and shit, like he was always like one of the fastest players, no matter what. Like in terms of real life, he was one of the fastest players ever. Gareth Bale made fastest, him look like he was fastest players still. ever is a stretch, but I know what you mean. Within our decade, like he's one of those quicksters where it was like yeah. he was always in the conversation for one of the fastest of our time. Yeah, I mean, is, is that the one? Is that the one yep. where yep. And he ran? He ran wing, out of bounds. And, then, and yep, and then he scored. Yeah, that, yeah. Okay. I know what you're talking about. That is one of yeah, the most. I that. That, yeah, unbelievable. I'm not, Bale. I'm not a Gareth Bale fan. Uh, Strictly because of the hair bun. I'm not a hair bun fan. It's one of the reasons why okay, I don't respect okay. Colin. <laughs> because of the hair bun. I respect this. Kyle respects him as a That's player. The only he doesn't respect him as a person because of the man bun. Yeah. Dead. Because of the man bun. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so, uh, yeah. And, you know, he's, you know, he didn't have the greatest of few years. Yes. And he definitely fell off the bat. Or, you know, towards the end especially of his, golf over his Madrid reign, and so all speak, that bullshit. Wales, like, golf, Madrid. Yeah, yeah. But that goal, yeah, that goal. He, that that. I I think it was one of those things where like you just yeah. you when just, you like, so you know a goal is insane when you score you a just, bicycle kick in the Champions League final and it might not be the best goal that you've scored for your club. Yeah. Yeah, that's. That's stupid. That's also yeah. stupid. That's stupid. <laughs> um, so, so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna before we get to Kyle to finish this off, 
Um, I'm going to turn sadness into elation. Um, I think I think Carl knows where this is going because this is a little bit. Fuck of you, bro. <laughs> this is. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Are you doing oh, is, yeah. is this the Sunday? Uh, is it No, no, no. This is, is this Sunday, March League? 5th, 2023. Um um Cody Gakpo, Darwin Nuñez, Cody Gakpo, Mohamed Salah, oh. Darwin Nuñez, Mohamed Salah, Roberto Firmino, 7-0 <laughs> Liverpool over United. Um <laughs> This is by the way the oh, second yeah. time that Carl has walked away doing this. Whenever I bring this up, we we ended an episode early, and I mean, <laughs> like I said earlier, I love triggering Carl. I mean, Liverpool are having a down season, and you get Bournemouth. Say what you want. I, mean, I know, I know, I can't say anything. Shut up. You can't. You can't. I mean, even even if we don't make top four, it's just one of those things where you beat your rival so bad that it's the worst loss, basically, in the history of their club. Um, it is the with, worst loss in terms of our club. With period. with two, what the kicker for me is, two players who had braces were players that Manchester United fans thought that they were getting. I mean. Carl was. We talked about this. Carl was so certain that Cody Gakpo with Gakpo that was he was going to be a Manchester United player. Then when I was at the gym and we saw that he was going to Liverpool, we were both shook. We were both shocked. And our outside of the shooketh and the shocked, the feelings were totally different. Carl was devastated, and I was like, "What? Oh my god, that's amazing!" But yeah, yeah, um, seven nothing. I'm going to remember March 5th, 2023 for a very long time because counting to seven in English is um, now again, Gakbo, Darwin, Gakbo, Mo, Darwin, Mo, Bobby. Hey, you can count to five in Spanish and. Okay. Yeah, it's still not the same. God damn it. We, shut the fuck we, up. We, we, we were supposed to lose to Madrid. That was not supposed to happen. And it's seven goals, and seven is a number that's very hold on, hold on. Seven (laughs) is a number that's very happily associated with Manchester United, with Ronaldo, and with George Best, and with David Beckham, and with a bunch of other players who've worn seven. And we ruined it for you. I still got my Cantona jersey. I don't give a fuck. All right, I'm good. Seven nothing. Yo, play me a FIFA. Fuck you. All right, keep it going, Kyle. This has got to be the most iconic, if not the iconic moments. And I think I think I said that wrong, but I the moment that, of I all time. It up. And 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 yeah, the moment of iconic moments. It is probably one of the best counterattacks and transitions. You will ever see, ever in the in the history of the game. I, I'm building this I up. I think for I know reason, what you're I about to say. Arsenal this. against Norwich team goal. So, That's the first thing I thought of. No, 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 not even close. No, not even close. So, I'm going with. If you don't know what I'm talking about, look it up. But in 2013, there was a playoff game between Watford Ooh. and Leicester City, right? The playoff, the playoff in the championship is known as the most yes. valuable game in the world. 
because it it hand it goes you know promotion and who stays in the second league and so on and so forth and there's tv rights yeah. to play at wembley i think or at least they do now it's all sorts of stuff right if you don't know what i'm talking about this is the iconic troy dini goal oh, off the counter attack. okay okay um, if you if you can if you can share it screen share it and pull it up it is it is i don't like, know if i can screen share it but i definitely right? can edit it in so and so Lockhart gets gets fouled on a on a penalty. And by the way, this is never a penalty. You just watch his arms and how he how he just flails out. Well, it's the double miss on the penalty, right? That he misses right by former Arsenal player uh, Manuel Amunia, right? The distribution, the counterattack into the goal, and Dini scores and jumps into the fans. It is absolutely yeah. berserk. Is the word. Like if you like watch the watch the watch the it, I'm watching it. It's such a like Yeah. Have you ever seen I have. It? I have. Like I haven't I haven't watched this clip in the reactions so long, this. but I've seen it. The the recreation of this is I've seen it with dogs. I've seen it with <laughs> kids. It's <laughs> it's just you know, hawk Dina yeah, <laughs> I was like yeah, uh, I was 14 when this I happened. I love it. I was in eighth grade. Like, uh, I actually do remember this because this is one of the first yeah, seasons is, I started uh, fully watching the prem. Yeah, I, I remember this. Hold on. I um, very much need to put the sound up for this. So give me. No, literally, I, I thought, it, honestly, when you were talking about it. I think you'd be able. I think you can share it. I thought you were talking about. Do, do yep. you know the uh, the Ajax goal in the Champions League? Like from a couple years ago, that buildup where it's like, oh yeah, this is art in motion. Is that the one with the Ajax team? The yes. following season got picked apart with all the when when Delit left, uh, when Frankie left, the when all these people left the side. When everyone except for Tadic left. Oh, I remember this clip even more vividly now. Watching all the freaking fans go on the field. Yeah, I mean, <sighs> yeah. I think if you if you take down your um your background, you could share it. Yeah, I I was just gonna edit it in, but I. Yeah, okay. yeah, it, it, it's gonna, it's gonna, it. Trust me, it's gonna make its way into the episode, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Knockout takes. Almunia saves. Knockout follows in. Almunia saves again. Absolutely astonishing. Now here come Watford. Forestieri. Here's Hog. Scratch your eyes. You are really seeing the most extraordinary finish here. Uh, it's, I, 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 so me as a, as a fan, this, this, we talk about, you know, sports, right? We're kind of getting on a little more personal level, right? But you talk about sports, soccer fans are probably the most emotional yep. fans out there. Right, because you see, you see, football it in, is more than a sport. You know, 
this is our welcome. It's to a way of life. Exactly. It's it's religion. It's I mean, life, you're you're wearing right? you're wearing a Celtic a jersey. To part to part of why Celtic and Rangers hate each other so much is it's more than just the game. It's geography. It's religion. It's it's so much right. deeper than right. just and like a lot of people, a lot the of hatred that like the Yankees yeah. and the Red Sox have for each other or like the Giants and the Cowboys. Like yeah. people don't understand that football is life in that in this part of the world. Yeah, and and you know, I'm a Celtic fan, right? And the whole reason why I well, this jersey alone is iconic, right? But you know, Celtic won what was it, yep. thirteen like straight that. titles, something like that, before Rangers won. Uh, was it two years ago? Uh, the other year, and right in the Old Fern Derby. You know, it's you know, it's Celtic versus Rangers, Protestants versus Catholics, whatever. I don't care about any of that. I just love the jersey because the jersey is iconic, right? But this is the amount of just yeah. sheer passion and just raw energy. That, and this was at the end of the game too. And all of a sudden, everyone finds you know that third, fourth gear, you know, you know gear, yeah. And I, I absolutely, and I when I coach, I, I, I do my best to share moments like this because you think you're down and out, yeah, dude. A double keeper save into a counterattack. So one of the Different. craziest things about this is also right. that um, what was this 2013? You said Leicester City yeah, won the Premier League three years after this championship semi playoff. Leicester City won the What's Premier that? League three years after this. That's insane. Yeah. Um. I just. I just. Yeah. I actually and continue talking about this before I say what I was going to say if I had gone happy for the first one. But, yeah. yeah it's just, I, I think that it, it's, it, it's, it's moments like this that make me appreciate being a soccer mm-hmm. fan more than, you know, oh, without sports, a doubt. So. Yeah. Yeah. So had I not gone sad for the first one, um, I think we all know that the other one for me would have been corner taken quickly. Um, or uh, yeah, yeah. Games so league. the the three nail comeback against AC Milan is definitely up there. But I was six. Yeah. Like I don't have it's an iconic moment for sure, but I don't have the same kind of appreciation for it because of how young I was. So it's iconic in the sense of the moment, but for me, I didn't really get to feel that. So in terms of positive, it's. Seven nothing. Fuck you, Carl. And it's corner taken quickly. <laughs> I want to say one more real quick. Tony Cruz, uh, when he banged it in for Germany with zero angle. Yeah. Against Sweden. Another yeah. stupid shot. That free kick, ridiculous. So if you can't tell, I like free kicks. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think, I think, if my honorary. And we'll, we can do another episode. My honorary is going to be the seven-one thrashing that Germany gave Brazil and the World Carl, Cup. I Rocket League all the um, time. And they and, and they oh, were the yeah. host. So Carl and I played Rocket League. 
I think. And when I, we beat people 7-1, we asked them if they speak Portuguese because they're on a one-way trip to Brazil. <laughs> I think, like, um, it, it's just, I, I, I think if I remember the stat correctly, I think it was 3-0 at yeah. 15 yeah. minutes. Some, All right, wait, wait, wait. Just, Before we just, keep on going, I sort of got to give, bad. like, Brazil, like, a little bit of, like, leeway there. Neymar was out. Their best player in was Oscar. Okay, you still lost 7-1 at home. Neymar being out is an excuse to lose, like, let's say 3-1, 3-0. That's true. Yeah, obviously. 7-1? And they so, did have two of the best center backs in the world, Thiago Silva yeah. and David Luiz. Yeah. So I, I was at a college recruitment camp for that, like during that game. And my current roommate who I live with now um, was my roommate. I mean, we've been like best friends for like 10 years. So he was my roommate there and the entire camp packed into the Colgate, um, one of the Colgate auditoriums to watch this game. And we were all gone at halftime. Yeah. Yeah. I watched all of it because I was rooting for Germany in that World Cup. <laughs> yeah, so Kyle, before we get out of here, I have one question that I would like to ask you that we asked Chad, and I want to see if you can give the answer that I would give and that Carl has been turned to give. If you could have any player take a free kick for you. Oh. Uh. And not not in terms of what you got to think consistency here, because one off you have that Roberto Carlos free kick. But think of a player who short, long, angled, power, taking a free kick. Who would you put on that ball? So first, there's two that come to mind. First one that comes to mind would be Ozil. Ooh, I like Um, that show. But. Yeah, first one that comes in, first one that comes to mind would be Urzil, Urzil, Ozil, whatever. Uh, but we're talking. If you want to talk current form, this doesn't have to another, be current. We talk James, about, yeah, I know you're time. saying James Ward Prowse. We're talking all time. Okay. Yeah. James Ward. Yeah, everyone's saying James, yeah, James, James Ward Prowse. Yeah. So, do you want to know? So, Carl and I talked about this in the car on the way to Ithaca, and we've brought this into multiple shows now, and it's a question I like to ask. Because my answer is the guy who has the most free kick goals ever. Um, nope. Think of the French League. Nope. Messi. Playing for Lyon. Lyon. Janino. Um. Okay. So if you if you Can haven't you, seen okay. his free kicks, Definitely look up his free kicks. He has the most direct free kick goal scored of all time. Um, he has scored numerous 30-yarders, 40-yarders, swerve, knuckle, power, finesse. I just wanted to see what your thought was on that question. Um, yeah. So, so we didn't do that on, the, on, on my show, but if, if you guys would indulge me in okay. doing our game, or what we do on our show, it's either or, right? I'm going to give you two options, if not three, and you have to pick Hit it. one or the other, okay? 
All right, so would you rather play currently in the San Siro or the Bernabeu? I went to the San Siro, so the San Siro, because I wanted to touch the pitch, and they didn't let me, and I was really pissed. Um, <laughs> My answer is the Bernabeu. Because yeah, my, my answer is the Bernabeu. My, but. So my favorite goalkeeper of my life played um, for Real Madrid recently um and i am a keeper so just to be able to stand in the box where he was yeah so weirdly enough as a liverpool fan my favorite keeper is a, i mean the history of madrid yeah. and whatever but you're talking about two crazy historic stadiums and all that so it kind of for me comes down to the Kaylor novice factor he just wants to be where novice was so yep. Yeah, so, <laughs> um, yeah, so again, I'm not a Spanish fan, but I when I'm uh, what I think that just what the San Siro represents, one to AC Milan, two to actually Italy and football in general, I think, and and, and there is a bias there because I grew up watching. Obviously, I grew up watching. You know, yeah. AC Milan play when I was a kid. Um, you know, and this like, it's just, it's just, I don't know. I just think it's, it's, it's a marveling, you know, you know, about a engineering genius that the San Siro was. You know, it, it, it's kind of like the modern day. When I would say art, like if you're familiar with, familiar with baseball, right? The Astrodome yes. is considered like, you know, one of the wonders of the world. And Bro, that's what I went I there. I, I agree. So. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just wild. Okay, so my next one. If I could pick anyone, though, I'm playing in Dortmund under the fucking yellow wall, and I'm I mean, a if Bayern I had a choice, supporter. I'm playing. I'm playing at Anfield. I'm playing at Anfield on a European night with everything yeah, on course, the line. I of course want Old Trafford, wow. but like, if we're really like breaking it down, to I know, like, but Carl, Carl, European nights at Anfield is a thing. I know, but like, I just want to be under the yellow no. wall and be on the side of the yellow wall. The yeah, I mean, Dort the Dortmund like Dortmund would be yeah number one for sure. Like yeah. for me, I agree. The yellow wall and Tyler, who's my co-host, is a huge Dortmund fan, and one of these days we'll go there. And him and I have always said we'll go together and. Like I would go oh, without to a doubt. in a heartbeat. Fair. Like it's not even fair for me. So, um, in their right, so who would you rather have? Okay, right. Would you rather have current okay Kevin De Bruyne or in their prime Kaka? Kaka. Wow, uh, that was hey, so. Think about it, so right? the so only reason, you, only reason, Ballendor, eh, eh, and he okay. deserved to win the Ballendor and team success and everything. Fair. KDB has never been in that same like he's always in the conversation for the Ballendor, but it's not the same way that Kaka was and the way that Kaka brought his team that far. I just think if you're talking, I think the deciding factor for mm -hmm. me is 
current KDB versus prime Kaka, it's a no-brainer. It's an absolute no-brainer. Um, prime versus take? prime. I think about it, but I still probably go Kaka. But yeah. I would go AC Milan, Kaka. Yeah, that's that's yeah. what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, man. the man was built different. Oh, like if we're talking yeah, about playing with, you have Ronaldinho, you have Zlatan, you have all these different players. Like you can go on and literally make an entire list of the fucking teams that Kaka played with, and it it is on one. I mean, you think about it, just on AC Milan alone, you know, he <laughs> did look at this. This is stupid. This is absolutely just stupid. The amount of the teammates yeah. that those AC Milan sides were nuts. At, yeah. Like and we're talking about like not even fair. Like not even fair. Like the the, the this is just off the top of the list here, right? He had Kafu. He had Mald- Maldini. Freaking Maldini. He had Nesta. Right? He had one of my favorite players of all time, Clarence yep. Seydorf. Right? He had Seydorf. Like, it's, 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 not, it's not even No, not fair. at all. Not at all. It's Literally, <laughs> the best center back pairing of a generation. Um, and Maldini was playing left back in that situation. Uh you look and you literally have Andre Pirlo, who like was debatably in his prime. You have Seydorf. You have Kaka running that shit. You have Ronaldo. R9 Ronaldo. Like. Man played for fucking everyone. You had Inzaghi fucking playing with Ronaldo. <sighs> yeah, that was just. I, I'm a huge Inzaghi fan, um, Filippo Inzaghi yep. rather than his brother, um, but it, it's just, I mean, it's just so, it's just, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just gonna end it right there. Freaking Gattuso, the the original himself, Gattuso. Man's about to fucking break your legs. Yep. So we we're nearing on an hour and a half. Um. So before we get out of here. I was going to save this for after the show, but I do kind of like to end on something that's not always footy related just for shits and storybook thing happened tonight in the world baseball classic while we were recording. Um, Shohei Otani struck out Mike Trout to end the world baseball classic. Damn, that's actually very cool. So Japan won. So Japan won. Um, and the best baseball player in the world struck out the other best baseball player in the world and their teammates. Yeah, I don't give a fuck about baseball, but that's actually pretty cool. <laughs> but yeah, I just I think that's even it's, it's what's even cool. What's what's better about that is that we talked about on our show that Japan is one of those, you know, you can't can't you can't count out. The blue Ever. samurai of Japan, right? In in, in the in the game of footy, right? Japan always shows up. They always put up a locks a fire show. By the way, they they have great teams. Yeah, I gotta watch it, right? And 
Boom. Baseball. Japan has some solid oh, baseball nasty. players. Dude. Carl, send me the damn crunchy roll. Um, right, fuck you. You've been saying you're going to give me the login for like two years, bro. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> that that's kind of all we got. So I just want to give a huge thank you to Kyle for coming on the show. Um, you're awesome. I love your this brand. I love your show. Um, oh, thanks, man. I'd love to come back on your show with Carl to get everybody to meet him. Um, yes. I think I think Carl and Kenny's conversations right. would be absolutely hysterical. Well, you got to come back on here <laughs> with Kenny. You have to come back on here with Tyler. Um, yeah. But go check out everything that Kyle has, um, his 90 brand, Inside the 90 podcast. Thanks. Yeah. 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 Check out the uh, the uh, the the kit episode, the jerseys episode. It's it's we had a good. great we had time. a good time. The edit is a little the editing's a little funky because we oh, couldn't hear Kenny half, half the time. time. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it's just it's it's really good, and we we covered a lot of stuff. You know, I cover a lot of stories. Like I would love to hear Carl's story about when he went to the San Siro. That's what Easily. I like to talk about on my stuff. I have a I have a a, a guy that I brought onto the show. Um, and uh, he was at the Emirates Holy doing a bomb threat, you know, like, yeah. So, and he got stuck in the locker room during a bomb threat. And I was like, what? You never hear these stories. And so, yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me come on. And I had a blast. And yeah, we, we got to do it again. You got to meet Chad, too. So you're definitely coming back on again. But thank you guys for, for tuning in. Um, oh, we'll catch you guys next week. Peace. Whoa. Peace.